Welcome to the CISSP Cyber Training Podcast, where we provide you the training and tools you need to pass the CISSP exam the first time. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber, and I'm your host for this action-packed, informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to pass the CISSP exam and grow your cybersecurity knowledge. All right, let's get started. Hey, all Sean Gerber with CISSP Cyber Training, and I hope you all are having a wonderful day today. Well, today is CISSP Question Thursday. But before we have the CISSP questions for this week, we are going to go over just real quickly an article I saw in InfoSec Industry, and it was from Krebs on Security around the LastPass breach. Now, I'm not sure if you're connected with the LastPass breach that occurred. It occurred in August of last year. So basically about a year ago is when it actually happened. And this is where they had an issue where they felt felt that the software development environment that the individuals individuals had at LastPass had been stolen. The source code had been stolen, and as a result, everything that was tied into the overall development environment was taken out. Well, unfortunately, what ended up happening in that regard is that there were many of the customers' LastPass credentials had been stolen along with that breach. So if you have LastPass currently in your environment, and we've talked about this on CISSP Cyber Training, it is highly recommended that you get away from that environment and move to somebody else. Uh, It's also highly recommended that if you had any passwords within LastPass, you go through and you clean them out. You actually go through and you ensure that you have gotten new ones in there. But what they did back in February or November when this all occurred, when the August breach occurred, they had then disclosed that the criminal hackers had compromised the encrypted copies of some of the password vaults. And what we've come to find out is that there's more than just some. There was actually a large number of the password vaults that had been compromised. Then come February, they basically figured out how that they targeted a DevOps engineer, was one of the only four LastPass employees with access to the vault, and they were able to get information from this individual as well. So it has been a absolute situation that has gone on way too much. And unfortunately, they did not have a lot of good security mechanisms such as FMFA. And they also had a Plex server that was sitting in there that employees were running their home networks on. So there's lots of things that was going on when you're dealing with LastPass. It's actually quite sad. And the fact is that they thought it so flippantly that they would have these kind of things in place, especially for a password company. But And again, that's what you deal with. So when you're dealing with a PAM solution, which is your password, which is your privileged access management company, you want to make sure that they are doing what they should be doing to protect your data. Okay, so again, you'll see that link. That link will be available. Again, it's Krebs on security, and it is around the overall LastPass breach that this came out September 5th, 2023. Okay, so if you go to CISSP Cyber Training and you go to the domain exam questions, you go to domain three. This is under group three. There's about 20 questions and these are all tied with today's podcast. All right, so we're going to start off and see what you get. Question one, an organization needs a security model that focuses primarily on preventing information at higher levels from affecting information at lower levels. Which model should they implement? Again, the organization should is focusing primarily on preventing information at higher levels from affecting information at lower levels. And the response is non-interference. 
The non-interference model is designed to ensure that actions at high security levels do not interfere with actions at low security levels. Question number two. In a system using HRU model, which of the following is considered undecidable? Okay, so we didn't really talk about this in the podcast, but this is something for you to understand. In the system where we're using HRU model, which of the following is considered undecidable? A is integrity, B is safety, C is confidentiality, or D is availability. So in a system where the HRU model, which of the following is considered undecidable? And it is B. In the Harrison-Ruzo-Ullman model, safety analysis is generally undecidable, meaning its computationality is infeasible to check the safety of all possible states. Now, the question comes in on that one is that if you didn't really know, you would know CIA triad. You're like, ah, yeah, which one would it be of these three? Probably none of them. So I would focus on safety. In a trusted computing base, what component is responsible for enforcing mandatory access control policies? A, operating system kernel, B, security kernel, C, hardware, or D, firewall? And the answer is B. The TCB, the security kernel, enforces mandatory access control policies over all subjects and objects. Again, that's a trusted computing base. What is responsible for enforcing mandatory access control policies? We talked about that in the podcast. It is the security kernel. Question four. Which security model utilizes a state machine model for its formal foundation? A is BIBA. B is Clark Wilson. Three is Tate Grant. Or D is Bell. Which security model utilizes the state machine model? Key term there, state machine model for its formal foundation. And the answer is D, the Bell-Lapululululula model, uses the state machine model as its formal foundation to ensure transitions between the system states are secure. Again, the state machine model, Bell-Lapulululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululululul
again, which is a buffer between an internal and external network. And it is a D, it is not a D, it's a DMZ, but it's C. C, the DMZ, the demilitarized zone, acts as a buffer between the internal and external networks to provide an extra layer of security. Question eight, what does the Tate Grant model formally represent? A, state transitions, B, information flow, D or C, dynamic behavior of access rights, and D, mandatory access controls. The Tate Grant model, what does it formally represent? It represents C, dynamic behavior of access rights. The Tate Grant model is used to formally represent the dynamic behavior in the access rights of a system. Question nine, which security model is safety analysis computationally infeasible due to a complexity? That's a lot of big $10 words there. In which security model is safety analysis computationally infeasible due to its complexity? Now, we just kind of talked about this. A is BIBA, B is HRU, C is Bell Laputa, and D is Clark Wilson. It is HRU. The Harrison Ruzu Ullman checking the safety of all possible states cannot be done because it's computationally infeasible due to its undecidability. Question 10. In a system using the state machine model, what describes how a system moved from one state to another? A, transition. B, commands. C, labels. D, initial state. Again, focus on what they're actually asking. When the state machine model describes where it moves from one state to another, so you're moving. That's transitions. That's A. Okay, transitions describe the rules that dictate how the system moves from one state to another. Question 11. Which security model focuses on data confidentiality and is used is often used in a military applications? A. Bella Pula, B. Biba, C. HRU, or D. Non-interference. We talked about where the military applications are the key factor, and it is the Bella Pula la la la. It is A that focuses on maintaining data confidentiality and is commonly used in government and military applications. 12. Which of the following is not a component of a trusted computing base? A. Hardware. B. Security kernel. C. Operating system kernel. Or D. Firewall. Which of the following is not a component of the TCB? And that would be D. The firewall. It's not a core component of the trusted computing base. It's composed, even though the trust, even though firewall is hardware, it's the TCB is, is computed or is composed of the hardware, operating system kernel, and the security kernel. In the non-interference model, which what concept provides logical deduction based on observable behavior at lower levels? A, non-interference, B, non-deducibility, C, integrity, or D, safety. Okay, non-interference model, that's the key part there. Which concept prevents logical deduction based on observed behavior? And that would be B, non-deducibility. Okay, the concept of non-deducibility is in the non-interference model prevents logical deduction based on the observed behavior at the lower security model, models or levels. And it's deduced to deduce the higher activities. Question 14. Which model aims to provide the framework for analyzing rights amplification? A, BIBA. B, Tate Grant, C, Bell Laputa, or D, HRU. The model that aims to provide framework for an analyzing rights amplification, and that is D, HRU. The Harrison Russo Ullman model aims to basically aims to address the issues of rights amplification 
as a result of dynamically changing permissions. Question 15, the HRU model. What action changes the access matrix? A, command. B, transition. C, operation. Or D, label. Which action changes the access matrix? A, command. HRU model, the command is an action that can change the access matrix. Each command consists of preconditions and operations. Question 16, which security model provides a formal way to represent the dynamic behavior of access rights in a system? Okay, security model, right? Formal way to represent the dynamic behavior of access rights. A, Bellapuda, B, Biba, C, Take Grant, or D, HRU? And the answer is C, the Take Grant model provides a formal way to represent the dynamic behavior of access rights in the system. So again, if you're looking around that for behavior of access rights in the system, it is the Tate Grant model. Question 17. In the Bellapula model, which component is used to prove or disprove the correctness of a system? Okay, so we're talking Bellapula, and we're looking at proving or disproving, and the components specifically around that. A, state machine model. B, security labels. D, reference monitor, or, or actually C, reference monitor, or D, access control list. Okay, so in the Bellapula model, we want to prove or disprove the correctness of the system. And that is the state machine model. State machine model is used in the Bellapula model for formal verification to prove or disprove the correctness of the system. Question 18, which of the following best describes the attribute that ensures a reference monitor is always called upon for access decisions? And that A is tamper-proof, B always invoked, C verifiable, or D mediator. And the best describes the attribute that ensures reference monitor is always called upon for access decisions. So called upon a monitor, you want to look at what would be called upon. It would be invoked. So always invokes attribute is ensures that the reference monitor is always called upon whenever access decisions are required. Question 19, which of the following common application of the HRU model? A, database security. B, encryption algorithms. C, physical security. Or D, wireless networks. The answer is A, database security. So database security, the HRU model, often applied to databases because we talked about this where the HRU is very complex permissions and that's probably the really only big use case that you would use the HRU model. Then question 20, the last question, which security model is mainly concerned with preventing unauthorized information flows? A, Bellapula, B, Biba, C, information flow model, or D, the take grant? Information flows, key words that are in the question, that it would be C, information flow model. This is the primary design to ensure that no unauthorized information flows will occur within the system. Okay, that is all I have for you today. Hey, go on out to CISSPCybertraining.com. You can sign up for my free CISSP questions. You get 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. And those are available to you. If you sign up with CISSP Cyber Training, you can get access to all of my questions, even as I continue to grow them more and more every single week. And you can gain access to these, these videos, these audio files, as well as you can get all the videos that will be on YouTube and my video and audio files will be on my site as well. All this information is for you to help you pass the CISSP. So go out there, check it out, see what you like, and then we can go from there. All right, have a great day and we'll catch you on the flip side. See ya.
Thanks so much for listening today, as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to CISSPQuestions.com and sign up to join my email list and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources, so just head on over to FreeCISSPQuestions.com or CISSPCyberTraining.com and sign up today. All right, have a wonderful day, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.